Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Genesis Science Fiction Radio Program. Sorry, I just had a little brain fart there. Uh, service mm-hmm. of the Black Science Fiction Society website. And tonight we're having a, another Creators Roundtable because those go pretty well. Um, we will be joined shortly, hopefully, by uh, Darlena Maria Trecker, and she's a cosplayer. Our other special guest is Lonnie Jackson, who's an actor-producer. He's kind of in the, in the visual arts. The, you know, he's also a writer, and he, you know, he does production work, as you probably do in that field. You know, nobody just wears one hat except maybe actors, you know, the actors who you, you get for your productions. And Jarvis is with us again, the uh, creator of the BlackScienceFictionSociety.com website. And I'm Hello. William Hayashi. I got, a, I got a host of stuff that I do, but if I go through all of my qualifications like Jarvis does about all of his, we, we won't be starting the show for about another half hour. So we're going to skip all that <laughs> and, and, and just admit that I'm a remarkable human being and we're going to get started. So let me start, let me start with you, Lonnie, man. How, how are you? Man, <laughs> I'm good now, William. <laughs> I'm good, man. Amidst amidst um, everything that's happening, man, I'm 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 good. In good health. Let's let's speak on that first. Yeah, you know, in good yeah. health. In, in good health, you know. So I thank God for that very much. So, and also in terms of in good spirits as well too. Yeah, and then where are you coming to us from, right now? Atlanta, Atlanta, Georgia. Atlanta, okay. Georgia. I'm curious about Atlanta. Let me ask you a few questions. I mean, how, how are people behaving there? Because, you know, we see anecdotal stuff in the news, but, and, you well, know, first of all, about the, about the, the, the state, and then I want to know about how black folks are doing in the city. Well, man, it's, it's interesting to see, man, because um, you, you all ever see that uh, television series called Watchmen? Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. You know, it's yeah. kind of where the police were wearing the mask, well, we're kind of resembling that. And the thing okay. about it is, you know, that's the new norm. Like, you know, people are here, you know what I'm saying, you got people that are out, but then, you know, just the whole point of being able to, you know, when you meet somebody, you talk to somebody, you just say, hey, how you doing or whatsoever, that's not as prevalent as, as it was before. People are definitely keeping their distance from that point. Uh, you definitely get a different type of energy. You know, from and I'm speaking more so just from a, a smaller level, you know, that, that change up has happened. You got everybody or majority, let me say that, people wearing masks. And the thing about it is you don't really know who's who because you know when we used to wear masks in terms of as black people and going to stores, you know, it was like, uh oh, you know, somebody about to rob, you know what I'm saying, or something's about to go down. Right. So now right. in terms of you know, you see that now and it becomes the norm. So it just changes a whole different perspective. You know what I'm saying? That's changed. It's, just, it's crazy to see it's all different types of people. So here, you'll see a lot of that from that point. A lot of the okay. businesses or whatsoever, you know, you have a lot of the businesses in terms of sit down, they're closed, they have outdoors that's open. They kind of, you know, sit people like six feet, six feet apart from that perspective. Right. You still got a lot of curbside and, 
carry out from that point. So even though some of the things, the bans have been lifted, you still have, you know, a lot of places that are closed from their core. So that changes things up as well too. You know, even going to the park or whatsoever, it's not a lot to do. The nightlife, you don't really see that going on as well because, you know, Atlanta was known for its nightlife for the most part. So that has transcended to online from that point. So here in Georgia, man, you, you definitely see the change up when it comes to entertainment, when it comes to, you know, jobs from that point other than the essential workers. You know, the CDC is here. So, of course, you know, you know, it's a lot that's happening. You got the biggest airport that's here in the right. same vicinity as the CDC. Right. So it, it, it's, you know, downtown is like a ghost town for the most part. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people don't really go down there, and when they do, it's almost like, okay, we get in, we get out to wherever we go. All right, let me ask you this specifically, and I know I'm going to get in trouble, but you know what? I'm going to state for the, for the fact at, at the beginning, I am an ordained minister. Okay, have been since 2009. Now, having said that, and, and having watched time after time after time at all of these black churches that, that defy, you know, safe distancing and things like that, we're seeing that science is trumping faith every time. Every time one of these churches has their services, the pastor dies. Are people being smarter? Are black folks being smarter down there, you know, church-wise? You know, are they adhering to, to reasonable precautions? Because, I, you know, I, I despair of stupid people who gather and, and end up, you know, infected and a certain percentage of them die. Now, I don't mind that with Trump supporters. And I know that's a horrible, horrible thing to say, but I don't feel bad about it at all because the fewer of them in November who vote, the better. But, but I, I despair of seeing these black pastors, you know, getting uh, defiant. Oh, oh, and it's happening here in Chicago, too. They're, they're getting ready to try to, you know, bust out into a lot of churches. I don't get it. I don't get it. First of all, I'm pretty sure God knows your address. So if he needs to keep track of your ass, he's going to know where you are. So why is it so important? You know, is it, is it the tithing? Is it the revenue that's making them do that? Or is it really something spiritual? That's my question. And since you can't see into the heart of somebody, it's hard not to be cynical. You know what I'm saying? I know exactly what you mean, and I, I, will, I will say this here, William. I, I definitely can understand where you're coming from. Here, you know, they've been abiding by rules. They've been doing a lot of, a lot of churches and stuff have been online services from that perspective, just like the school systems. They've been online right. for the most part, you know, so they've been adhering to that. Of course, that's starting to change now at this period of time. And one of the things I think you hit, you hit on um, is accurate. I really feel like in terms of my own belief is in terms of God is within you. So from that point, you know, you can talk to me over the phone. We can talk over lines from that point. You know, uh, I definitely understand being in the presence of somebody, and, and there's nothing like an energy-to-energy, energy, you know, um, exchange. But when it comes to a point of being able to uplift people and inspire them from an element of religion, if you want to call it that, a spirituality, you know, I don't see a problem with being online. I don't see a problem with talking on the phone as we are doing now and basically to an extent having church I don't see a problem with that. I think that it comes down to, number one, to be very honest with you, it comes down to money. Number two, it comes down to politics. Um, and when I say that, I'm talking about power, meaning in terms of politics operate heavily in church, even with the setup of the infrastructure. 
you know, sure. all the way on down to the politicians. So I think you understand that as well too, William. So those two things go hand in hand with us coming around to this voting season. I think that's a big thing. You know what I'm saying? This is the reason why we're being yeah. driven to keep everything open from that point. And churches are front line to getting to, you know, black people, especially the mega churches, to be very honest with you. Yeah, I, I just, I, I hate people to see people. I understand fellowship. I understand community. And I understand, you know, for me, you know, I'm an ecumenical pastor. So for me, religion plays a part in community. Okay, what it does to help drive a community forward and what it does to help a community be cohesive and what it does to help, you know, generate an overall compassion for the community. But, but when community, with that sense of community and fellowship, if, if, you know, improperly applied, ends up people are getting sick and dying, it, you, you have to change your mindset. You know, you, I, I just don't see it. I don't want to see people needlessly, needlessly getting sick, you know, spending time in the hospital, being on a ventilator. Man, that sucks. I mean, I will tell you that mm -hmm. that sucks. Um, I may have had COVID uh, back in January. I spent four days in the hospital, um, and I could not. When I went in, I had walked out of my house started walking down the street, and then all of a sudden I couldn't inhale more than about a grapefruit size of air. That's all the air I could get in and out of my lungs. Everything was pushed in. I couldn't move. And I had to do that Lamaze breathing, and I, you know, I Lamazed my ass a block you know, and a half away to a bus stop. And people said, well, why didn't you call the police, or why didn't you call an ambulance? I, I didn't have enough air. I couldn't say jack. And if I would have fallen down, and passed out, I probably would have died because it took, it took me concentrating on breathing to stay alive. But I, I got to that, that wow. bus stop. I'm, luckily, I'm one bus ride away from the best trauma center in the country, and that's where I took my ass. You know, I, I got off the bus, waited till I was, had enough energy, crossed the widest street in Chicago. It seemed like it was the widest. And I got inside, and they got me on oxygen and everything, and, but... Not everybody is going to have that good experience. They talked about a weird thing where um, oxygen deprivation was making people loopy enough that they didn't know that they weren't getting enough oxygen and they would pass out and either end up in the hospital or end up dead. So, I mean, when we talk about a roundtable talking about how does this affect, you know, creativity, how does it affect uh, affect independent creators, um, people who not only have to be creative but have to do the business of doing business in order to get their works out there, to be seen, to hopefully be evaluated and judged wanting and, and you know, people buying their, their, their art, you know, whether it be sculpture or stories or, or you know, even, even tapping into, you know, television productions like, you know, the kind of work you do. Um, everything, you know, I, I have a, a tentative deal. I've got an option that Netflix got for, like, my first set of books. And mm -hmm. everything is locked down. Everything is locked down. And, and, and the entire television and movie industry is, is desperately searching for a solution because they want mm -hmm. to try to open back up in September. 
I don't know yeah. if that's yeah. going to work because we won't have a vaccine. They're talking about, oh, we got a, we got a promising vaccine <laughs> that, that we're fast-tracking. And then I think about the fact that, okay, you're fast-tracking a vaccine. I remember when they fast-tracked the flu vaccine and how many people got sick and how many old people died from that. Folks have forgotten it's been that long. So I'm yeah. not taking that first vaccine. I'm not going to run right out and assume that that's going to be safe, it's going to make everything sweetness and light, because I don't think it will. Plus, they're saying that once you have, um, have the virus, this COVID-19, you can get it again. There are people who are getting it again, like the sailors on the, the aircraft carrier and that other ship. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. so even if you get treated, you still have to exercise the judgment. And, and if you're a creator and you're doing your business by yourself, you are driving your own business, you can't afford to get sick. You know, even though you may not be able to exercise your art or exercise the business that you have to do, you still can't afford to be careless. I mean, that's, that's my take on it. What do you two think? I mean, I have uh, – well, Jarvis – I'm gonna let you go because I got something to say on that one. He, you know, he William hit, a, hit some, some 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 strong points, but I'm gonna go okay. ahead, John. <laughs> okay, well, you, you know me. I, I generally keep things super super simple. Uh, but in terms of the that most recent question and earlier, I think it's a, a matter of a couple of things. You have some people that are just irresponsible. It's a significant amount of people that are irresponsible. Then also there's the monetary um motivation in there and then that well as a third component some people are just contrary you can say okay let's go left and they're like no let's go right that's just their personality mm -hmm. they're, they're wired they're wired like that so between those three things i think that's get that covers just about everybody out here some people they just hard contrary they hard hit it some you know like look if i don't open this business soon I'm gonna go out of business, and then there's some that's just irresponsible. Mm -hmm. they're, they're oblivious to anything outside of their little bubble. Yeah, okay, I'm gonna cut it out. Go, go ahead. No, that's actually a great point. You know, what I'm saying Jarvis, because I, I, it goes back to the, those three things you stated as well. The thing that I bring that I that I see here is, you know, is when it comes down to all of this here, it's an opportunity, and it goes back to in my mind perspective. You know, how do you look at it? You know, when you look at the Great Depression, you look at in terms of when the Spanish flu came through from that point, there was a lot of death and decimation, but behind that, you've seen a lot of people rise, and that's what's not talked about. And it goes back to the three people that Jarvis was talking about. You know, and from that perspective, now it's an opportunity, you know what I'm saying, to be able to grow. I'll give you an example. My brother actually had his company. He had three companies. Well, he had one company. And... Me and him had great conversations last year, and we were talking about, you know, structuring the companies. And this is the big point. When we are entrepreneurs or when we are creators that have our own business, making sure that our companies are set up to be able to thrive, however that's going to come to us, whether it will come by patrons buying, whether it will, be, whether it will come by getting a loan, whether it will come to a point to where a pandemic will come by and they're giving you money for just having a business. And that's one of the things that he capitalized on with the third was to a point to where he had one business 
And he was just operating like a mom and pop for a long period of time. And we sat down and we talked about it and was like, man, we got to get these things situated, get our businesses, our business, not the creativity, but the business behind the creativity situated to be in position. And he went forward, opened up three other businesses and thrived from that perspective. And now in terms of, you know, how they're offering like the PPP, the, um, the actual Heroes Act, or not Heroes Act, the CARE Act, um, he actually was able to obtain the PPP and the EIDL as well too you know what I'm saying, which was for a substantial amount of money, and this is a small business. And the thing about it was in terms of everybody's like, okay, I can't get this because I don't have an EIN or I didn't incorporate or, you know, whatever it is from that point. But he was able to prove and show and obtain the funding he needed to put himself in a different position. Now, it's not just about money, but I'm just saying it's a perspective, and it goes back to what Jarvis was saying is in terms of some people will see like, okay, I need to advance, I need to adjust, I need to move forward and see the positive behind this, the opportunity that's coming behind this. And I know we can talk about the, the bad stuff. I get that. But when we look past I that. Hate, I hate to interrupt you. Let me, I've got two callers. I want to see which one, who, who's who. Hey there. <laughs> Hello? Is this Darlena? Yes, hi. Oh, hi. There yeah, I'm is. sorry. I, yeah, we, I, I had to unmute you, but I didn't see you until I opened up my screen. So um, uh, let, me, let me do a quick intro. Um, uh, you're, you're a cosplayer, correct? Yes. And, and then it also, Jarvis also put that you're an all-around free spirit. We'll cover that later, one-on-one. -on -one. But um, it's good to have you here. And, and as you know, the, the, the subject is how is this, this, uh, this pandemic and the things that we're having to do affecting your, you know, the, the creative part of what you do. And I, I think the biggest part that I, I wonder about, you know, be, you being a cosplayer, is, you know, is cosplaying at home by yourself in the living room as much fun as going to a convention? I'm thinking not. <laughs> no, it's, it's not, but there's ways to make it fun. There's ways to now, make it fun. So. Okay, mm -hmm. and are you also participating in any of these conventions that are being held online with Zoom and Microsoft Teams and, and other online apps so that at least you can see a number of people at one time and do a little bit of interacting even though you're not in the same place? Uh, yes, I've attended some, and then we've had our own kind of Zoom events um, for like my Star Trek group. We we would do screenings um, using Zoom, and we would have like 20, 30 participants. That's a lot of fun. And then we would have our own discussions. Uh, when this started, I got everybody on the Zoom just to like check everyone out, make sure they were okay, and then we would, you know just to have a chat session. And then we would have our you know living room con. <laughs> so. We will all be dressed up in our cosplay and checking out the latest, our latest outfits and what we're doing, and um, and just you know chatting and hanging out. I also did some workshops using Zoom um, for uh, people who are learning how to make their own costumes and everything. Still trying to you know keep the momentum up. We've done online like photo shoots, which is basically people were sending pictures, and I will have my graphic artist. We will put them put it together in nice collages and we had a whole pandemic theme going uh, NYC strong and the folks were sending in pictures with their outfits 
with their masks. So, and everyone's making their own unique masks, you know, so just trying to keep things going. I, I, I've been asked about doing photo shoots and things and, you know, with just 10 people and uh, six feet apart. And so I haven't explored that yet. I'm not, I'm not sure I'm ready for that yet. But um, we've also, we're doing, for the charity, we were doing um, reading time with the kids. I, I've been doing Zoom tutoring with, uh, with my friend's kids and some of the kids on the block. So then we had reading time when it's time for them to go to bed. And so different cosplayers would come on the Zoom and dressed up and would, you know, read some storybook or whatever like that. So, you know, still trying to keep the cosplayers engaged and doing charity work and keeping up with their, you know, techniques and just being engaged and supporting one another has been very important. Yeah, you know, Lonnie mentioned it before that that the pandemic is forcing us to be more creative, to stay relevant, and <clears throat> given how this is probably going to be a, a pretty long-term thing in terms of months, um, anybody who thought that at the end of you know May or end of June everything was going to go back to normal, I don't think we're ever going to see the old normal again. You know, we're going to have a new normal. We're going to have we're we're going to have restrictions. We're going to have people who you know, are still at risk, people who are actually engaging in risky behavior. There's so many things that are going to change that, you know, I, I frankly am pretty interested to see how our culture changes, you know, how we manage to do business, how we manage to socialize, how we manage, I mean, there's so many people in the science fiction, fantasy, and horror community who rely on big gatherings like conventions in order to sell their wares or, or get visibility or, or you know, um, a, a network with people who are in like um, kinds of, of situations so, and, and like kinds of genres. And, 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 and so, you know, what is it going to look like later? Because I'll tell you, I enjoy going to um, conventions. I enjoy a lot of panel discussions because there are people out there who are genuinely interested in how people do things, why people do things, what made them start, you know, what are the hardest parts of doing X, Y, or Z, what, what can you do to make your life easy. You know, there are, one of the nice things about our community is people are more willing to learn from each other than just you know, any, any bunch off the street who don't listen to each other, like Lonnie said. So we've got all of that, we've got all of that going on. We have good behavior. We have average behavior. We have bad behavior. We have people who are so selfish, they don't give a damn about anybody else. You know, we, and we have stupid people who are going, oh, you know, wearing a mask infringes upon my civil liberties, you know, my constitutional rights. And I go, okay, you dumb, you, you idiot. Um, do you wear a seatbelt? Oh, you do? Okay, exactly. why do you wear, you know, do you, you know, do you wash your hands after you go to the bathroom? I mean, you know, what, what constitutes an infringement? Because the kind of stuff they're talking about is just whining, you know? And, and I don't want to see our culture turn into a battle between, you know, the selfish and, and those who are altruistic. And unfortunately, it looks like it's coming down to that. You see all of these Trump supporters getting upset about being confined or not gathering in the park or not going to the beach or, 
or you know, we had a yeah. here in Chicago, we had a, a block party where there was like a hundred or more people in one house. And I said, I hope don't well, none of those Negroes come by my place later on because I'm gonna be shooting somebody, you know. But <laughs> but that's just the way it is. That's the way yeah. people's behavior is. So well, one of the you know, that, go ahead, go ahead. One of the things that I've been encouraging the um, the geek community is that you know we have to set a standard, make a difference, and you know whether we agree or don't agree, whether we believe the virus is real or is not real because we're so about interacting with people and bringing people joy through our costuming, we will know to do the right thing. And so the feedback that I'm getting is, okay, we know to do the right thing. Um, wearing a mask, doing the social distancing, okay, we can't do the cons. And a lot of cosplayers like myself who are diehard con goers are like, oh, wow, a lot of people, I don't know, you know, so it's like we're kind of backing away from the cons anyway. We're sad that they canceled, but we didn't intend on going anyway because it's just, I, I, I personally believe the science. So when I see testimony after testimony of people getting together and then next thing you know, half the population that got together at this party came down with COVID. I've already seen that on my job. My job had a retirement party. Um, one person got sick, then another person got sick, and then another, and they tested everybody. They went to the party. It was 37 people went to the party, 29 tested positive for COVID. Ooh. So, kind of, yes, and so this is a real thing. Yeah. And so I tell cosplayers, we, we have to be strong and adjust. We have to find a way to adjust. So we can do panels online. We can do workshops online. We can have people introduce their latest comic online. We can have people teach sketching and writing and, and costuming online. We just have to get used to that. And then when we can get to the point when we can gather, we have to figure out how we're going to gather. Now, cosplayers love to do photo shoots. And I tell everyone, we're going to do a photo shoot, but we're going to do it according to the new rules because this is our new normal until further notice. So we do a photo shoot, and it can only be 10 people because the governor says no gathering is more than 10. The 10 is what it will be. You'll be six feet apart. Tell the photographer to bring his Zoom lens, and we'll do this. We'll, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. We are going to, we're going to continue our creativity, but we know we have to make adjustments. But we have, to, we have to do what is right because people are always looking at us as cosplayers, and people recognize us. I've been recognized. Like, oh, hi, I see you. What are you, Scarlet Witch? Look, I took a picture with you. You know, and, and you're like, it, it, it kind of like grabs you. You're like, oh, my God, you know. That goes to show how people, they remember you. So it's very important for those in the geek community because we're always being recognized, whether we're cosplayers, writers, performers, whatever. People follow us, so we have to do the right thing. I don't like wearing a mask, but I know what the science says is the reason why we should. So I, I, I've I made all kind of masks to match all my outfits that don't normally have masks. <laughs> 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 what are we going to do? <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah, Lonnie, I'm I'm kind of curious. I mean, is is um, film and television production completely shut down down there? Yeah, uh, for right now, in terms of it is. Um, the film, the film and television. You know, it, it's a lot of moving parts. It's a lot of people in tight spaces, so it goes directly against what's what's happening. So at this period of time, it's, it's shut down, probably until next year. I know it says September, 
I was talking with one of my partners. She's in the union, and she's on the phone. You know, they're constantly talking, trying to find ways to get it moving. But, you know, in terms of that's an industry right there to where it's really impacted very heavily because it takes a lot of people. So, yes, it's, it's shut down down here at this point. Tyler Perry is opening up, and he has a very stringent strategy uh, with his approach, but also he has a military base. So that's a whole different ballgame. Yeah, he's got, he's got all of those acres down there. Um, so at least he can maintain a certain amount of distance with a gathering. But, you know, unfortunately, when, when, you, when you say action, uh, you're not offered the luxury of everybody standing six to eight feet apart and trying to get a show put together. Um, I heard about, um, this was about maybe three weeks ago, and I don't know what the show was, but I heard that there's one production company that has gathered their in front of the camera and behind the camera people and sequestered mm-hmm. them in a hotel and and they're not letting anybody in or out and and they they just stay with each other and they go they do their production during the day and then they distance at night you know and nobody's running out they're not going home running home running into their people their kids their families whatever and, but that seems to me to be almost prohibitively expensive, wouldn't you say? Well, that's, that, you, you hit the nail on the head in terms of that's part of the talk to a point to where the budgets have already, already been high for film and television. They're going to go up because now you're looking at a point of quarantining people, you know, um, people being away from their families from this point. You know, like if a production is three months, you can't go home. Sure. You know, just imagine, you know what I'm saying, you can't go home at this point. And also it will be constant testing. You know what I'm saying? Within the hourly time frames, to say, okay, we got to make sure everybody's good. Not to mention, in terms of you have intimate scenes. When I say that, I'm talking about being close to each other, holding each other, touching each other, being in, in each other's intimate areas. You know, that will impact some of the writing from that yeah, point of view. Well or, or even just sitting at a table together talking. You know, that's, that's close enough. Correct. You know, you don't have to talk about a love scene or, or you know, if two people are, I mean, think of this two people in a car together. That, you know, that puts them at risk. There's, there's just, there's too much risk, I think, to try to engage in what would be called business as usual. Um, that's the problem. That's the yeah, problem. And, and that's yeah. the problem. Now, pre-production can go on because a lot of that can happen, you know, from home. Uh, the production company that, that, that uh, I, I'm familiar with, I, I got an email from them about six weeks ago that they were sending everybody home and to call only one certain number, I guess because somebody must have that forwarded to a real person rather than you know, trying to keep up with voicemail. But you know, there's a lot of moving parts to doing um, you know, film, to doing television. So I, I just, I, I'm kind of like you. I don't see how it can start up until sometime next year. And, and I think I said this before we started recording, but I am not going to be one of the first people going out and getting any vaccine. All right, I'm old enough to remember what happened with the first flu vaccine, and folks were getting sick, and old people were dying, and, and we're, we're going to pretend that that never happened. And um, I, I, I don't, you know, I'm too important to me, let alone to you people, for me to put my life at risk. <laughs> you people. What do you, what do you mean, you people? <laughs> you people. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hey, William. Hey, William. William. <laughs> <laughs> William. <laughs> hey, boy. That's my dude, man. 
I just, hey, look, I just call it the way I see it. Okay, I, I admit that I, I pray, you know, I admit that I posture like I have an enormous ego, and I, I have a healthy ego. I'll be honest with you, but but the fact of the matter is, you have to temper that with good sense. You can't just be going out there and doing what you want to do just because you want to do it. You know, our idiot of a president, because he's worried about his manhood and his orange paint coming off his face, won't be seen in public with a mask, won't be seen on camera with a mask. You know, and, and so, you know, that, what does that say about the leadership in this country? What's really important? I, I have no trouble at all envisioning. I, as a matter of fact, I can see Barack Obama on the TV every day saying, wear your mask. Okay? You know, it's not a joke. It's not a government conspiracy. It's not this. It's not that. Then you have this other toxic personality, this other toxic personality who, who misleads people who lies when even the truth would, would suffice, and, and who doesn't have the sense of a houseplant. So, you know, he's making things worse for me, and he's really screwing up my country, and I'm not happy about that. How do you guys feel? Well, you know, I, I always go back to this, and I just had a conversation with my brother. We talk about politics a lot. Is that, do you remember uh, when President Obama was trying to do all these great things, but the Congress and House wouldn't let him do it. He could his hands were tied. Yeah. Yeah. You, we remember all that, right? He was doing all these great plans, but mm -hmm. they were stopped. Mm -hmm. So in my view, he is not just him. He's the front man for what this group wanted to do in the first place. Things that they've been trying to do for decades, he's the front man for it. So it's not just him. It's that entire party. And so yeah, you're, I'm gonna you're leave it right. at that because like, it, it raises well, my no, blood no, pressure. Yeah, yeah and, and politics is touchy anyway. Um, mm -hmm. But but here's here's one thing that has mm -hmm. has crippled the country. You know the the uh, the president gave away six trillion dollars to people who who didn't need it. it, it they robbed the treasury, and so now we have you know we have so many people who are confined to their home, who can't do their work. You know, fortunately, creatives, by and large, might be able to do their work unless they need heavy equipment or they have a studio where they've got welding equipment or some, you know, it's something exotic like that. But, but just regular people, that $6 trillion could have provided uh, 18, 19, 20, 21 or 22 years of health care for everybody in this country. <laughs> wow. You know, and so we've got millionaires getting stimulus payments of $1.7 million. It doesn't make much sense. And, and so that's the other thing. Um, how, how, how are people planning this next through the end of the year of deprivations and probably not being able to do their primary work unless they're lucky and they have one of those essential jobs that doesn't put them at risk? How, how are people thinking about finances for the you know through the end of the year. Darlena? Yeah. Yeah, you know, I don't know. It's this this president, I don't understand a lot of what he says simply because what he says he says in an incoherent way and some of his logic is just baffling. Um I, I just a lot of times I just ignore him and just try to, to research and find out things on my own. But I've been encouraging people to definitely 
while we're here on pause and we're not going out to the bars and everything, definitely save that money. Stop ordering for Amazon and eBay unless it's absolutely necessary. And save that money because we don't know what the future holds for the next four or five months or the end of the year. We don't know what's going on. We don't know how the economy is going to bounce back. And um, I know a lot of creative people have equipment at home that they can use to continue with their creativity. Some can, some require going to studios and doing work. And uh, as you know, that's closed down. Um, So it's just about trying to figure out how to niggle everything and still do what we we need to do to survive and stay alive and bring forth our creativity. Um, But definitely um, I would try to take part of any grants or loan programs that are out here. Um, I also have a small... I also have a small owner's um, support group. Um, I'm a big advocate for small property owners in uh, low-income communities. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. I was just involved in a discussion with Borough President Eric Adams on News 12 this evening, and we were talking about um, how to ascertain rent, rent assistance for people um, because, yeah. you know, you have, mm-hmm. you have people that they, they want to pay rent, but they can't. We just need to have a real discussion about that. And, you know, you talk about saving the black and brown communities and everything like that. Part of saving those communities is to save the tenants living in homes owned by black and brown people. So I had shared with him that with my support group, you know, what can we do to talk about, you know, rental assistance for people? So it's just so much that's going on. And, you know, even though we, I love living my fantasy world, I love Star Trek, I love the cosplay, you, you still have to deal with the real world around us. And um, I just figure, you know, since I have some standing in the community, I'm going to use that to speak out about issues. We have cosplayers and other geeks who are just broke. They lost their job. They're about to. They're, they're afraid of losing their their homes, their apartment, and we have to just have a little discussion about how to to assist people in this time of need. It's not their fault. It's no one's fault. And the government, I know they were trying to keep us safe, but they shut down everything and they shut down people's lives. So we need money. We need to to pour money into helping people to survive, you know, and 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 be able to make it through. Um, to make it through all of this. You know, we can be New York strong, and that's great and everything, but we still need money. And um, mm-hmm. it's, just, it's just we have to have a real conversation about that. And, you know, Washington, they're, they're making their choices. They're doing their thing. But on the city and state and local level, we can't really wait for the government, you know. We just have to figure out what we can do to help each other, community by community. So, um, and I know I've been in discussions with a lot of artists, and writers, and it's the same concern. They're concerned about their They're also concerned about the community, you know? Yeah. This is where we are right now, yeah. That's really great that you're doing that. Yeah, it, yeah, it is because, out, yeah, outreach. That's uh, the fact that you can do it, and not only can you do it, but you have done it is, I mean, that's that's pretty laudable. Um, I, I I would hope that more people would be like that, but let's face it, you know, uh, American culture is the most selfish and self-centered on the entire planet. So, you know, things that that could be easier for us to get done, 
things that could be easier for us in the in the you know you know in the in the name of helping other people. And I'm not talking about giving away money or giving away your food out of your pantry, but you know simple stuff. Uh, we. Like, like Lonnie said, some of us just don't do it. Some people just don't care. So, you know, what do you what do you do? You know, <laughs> one thing I'm I'm encouraged that that um, I think over the, at least the last few shows, I've, every show that we've had has had someone doing outreach for others, which is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, we had someone creating masks. Uh, for hospitals and, and things of that nature in one of the previous calls. I was privileged to be part of, um, I was one of the essential people for a few weeks printing um, visors for the medical uh, medical mask, so that was cool. But I'm glad that there, to hear there are other people doing positive things out here um, in this situation. And then and I, also, which Lonnie had touched on earlier, is kind of look for the opportunities here. Um, yeah. And whether that's for giving, you know, for helping others or for sustaining yourself. Uh, one thing that we had a conversation about, um, and William's very uh, familiar with this, I go to about 10 or 12 events a year to sell Black Science Fiction Society t-shirts and books and things of that nature to put back into the organization because it's a 501. Um, and by not being able to go to these events, that skewed my whole program for the year. Because I, I generally look at about 20% online and the other 80 in person. So this has forced me to oh. tighten up uh, my online sales, my online presence. And it also made me stop and pause for a moment because I was like, okay, I need to put these products online. I'm like, we got like 40 products. I didn't realize, I thought, oh, we got about a dozen. No, we have 40 plus products to put online right now, which we're in the process of doing. And so a couple of us been helping each other um, uh, position ourselves to continue to make money and continue to, to make money, not, oh, I'll just go ahead and get rich or anything, but to sustain us throughout this situation on how to market, on how to put your products online, things of that nature. So let's always look at opportunities uh, as well. You want to be grounded in the real, you know, the real seriousness of it, but also look for the uh, the silver lining in it as well. Yeah. I got to agree with, um, I got to really agree with you both, man, and just to be very simple, and in terms of three things that I look at is the collaboration of community, and I think that's been spoken on from that point, is I see all kinds of people, including myself, working with people I, I never thought I would work with from different creative backgrounds because now we're all seeing the same thing because we're all in the same position um, or in similar positions. So it's, it's really dynamic to see those collaborations come together and to see people working together. I think that's really pivotal at this period of time. That's the core of community going back to a point of being able to, when you look at you know, um, servitude, when you look at in terms of you know, creating masks for hospitals or whatever it is from that point that actually helps you know, in the community, I think that's key right there. The second thing I would say is financial management. You know what I'm saying? It's being able to, a lot of us, when we look at it as creators, and I don't know if you all may agree, but as creators, a lot of times we're creative more than financiers. So 
from a financial <laughs> management aspect, it's just like, you know, hey, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm having fun. I got a, a good feeling about this, and I love it. So, you know, and I'm making a little bit of money to make me to where I can survive but not really live or really help mm-hmm. other people from this point. That, I think, is key, and I think that was spoken as well, too, in terms of early on, in terms of let's talk about these programs, how to get funding, but the mentality, the mentality of how do we deal with money. So when things like this happen, I'm not saying that, you know, everybody got to be prepared, but our mind states, you know what I'm saying, is, is more appropriate. So it's not a point to where it's like, okay, I got my hand out, I'm about to fall out. I think that is really, really important for us now, and it should drive the nail home, you know what I'm saying, at this point. And the last thing I would say is spiritual enhancement. You know what I'm saying? Now, now is the time to look at life because everybody's stopping. Everybody can look at – you got major stars whatsoever looking at things just like we are. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay. You know what I'm saying? And that's one of the things to where even with myself, when I was able to present our products, we're able to get to big stars because they, ain't got, they don't have anything else to do. <laughs> they sit at home like we are. So from that point, they're looking at us, oh, man, I didn't know you had this. And I'm like, oh, wow. So it's a great, going back to the point of opportunity, um, I think that's there. But the spiritual enhancement, being able to look at ourselves, look at our lives, see who our relationships are, see what we're doing with people, you know what I'm saying, and, and looking at our purpose, looking at what we're eating, how we're eating, look at how we're exercising, how we're taking care of our temple. All of this is a part of life and not just survival. So those are the three things that I see now to where we can really enhance and grow. And when I go back in history, you see so much. There are so many people that rise from things of this magnitude. So is a season. It won't always be the same, but those who understand these things will be able to rise. And I think that's important, you know what I'm saying, for right now. Well, they've had that oh, yeah. saying for, for hundreds and hundreds of years, you know, seize the day. You know, what, mm-hmm. whatever the conditions are, there are probably going to be circumstances where you can exploit the condition, and I don't mean exploit in a bad way, like disuse and throw away, but exploit the conditions in, in a creative way that could Correct. sustain that could sustain you that could build a better network where people mm-hmm. are helping each other. And then, you know, those relationships that you, you start now are probably going to be more uh, effective and more precious once you're out of this circumstance because, Absolutely. You, you know, like, like, like you said, man, you, you're getting to know these people in a way that you didn't before. And, and how else do you work with people? You find people who have an affinity for what it is that's important to you, and if they're, they're effective in the way they do things, you, you know, you really made a good, a good choice in your friendship, and, and it, it probably could lead to something else, you know, maybe, maybe a collaboration or something like that. So there, there are opportunities. There are obviously not as many. Okay, let's be honest. They're just not as many. If you're not working, if you're not, if you're not seeing people all the time, um, you know, it's, it's different. And, and you know what? It takes a while to get your mind right under these conditions. I just yesterday started a story, you know, writing a story. And up until then, you know, I've got kind of a book in the works that I'm writing, a manuscript there. But I couldn't, I couldn't really wrap my head around it because, it, you know, things are different. And I'm trying to figure out how best to handle this. I, I, I will readily admit that I did not have the discipline necessary to exploit today's conditions, but it's because I never had the opportunity to do so or, or the necessity. 
so so this this is new. Um, I you know I I worry because I've I've got you know like television stuff in my headlights. I worry how that's going to work because that's that's going to be a lot of fun for me. It it helps me financially, but you know I'm sitting here like Lonnie wondering, well, when's a realistic um, timeline for us to adjust our culture to be able to sustain television production or or, or movie production? Safely, you know, you don't want folks dropping dead mm-hmm. from from their job, you know. Mm-hmm. But you know what, William? I will say this in terms of I think Jarvis is on to something as well too, and this is something that's been on the rise in film. The number one driving, um, the number one types of films that generate a lot of money is what animations. Animations you don't have need. You, I, I was thinking that. Yeah, animations. You don't need people. You can work and, and you can work virtually. You don't have to be on a studio set. You eliminate so much from that point and you create from your computer or some, some software. And the thing about it is it's not new. It's been going on for eons. They gross the most most money. But now with technology and the, the different types of technology that's coming into play, there's a lot of people who are starting to be able to afford this technology at this point, which is now opening up a whole other realm. So I do feel like animation is a strong key component when it comes to film and television. I don't think it will overtake it. I think it will, it, you will see a lot more because of the fact that it cuts out a lot of the personal interactions. It, it allows you to do specific scenes and things that you may not be able to do while we're figuring this out. So it answers a lot of those questions, and it generates money from that point. So, you know, it, it hits all the key factors. So I do think that's one thing to really look out for. That's interesting yeah. that you said that because my girlfriend and I, over the phone, we actually wrote a 30-minute script taken into consideration. Mm. We were the filmers. Mm. We have seen all of our scenes are done individually, and you bring them together through special effects. So we were just... Uh-huh, that's smart. That's very smart. <laughs> We were just, we were just, I had this idea, and she was like, we can't film anything, you know, side by side, have people close together. I says, oh, I got that, I got that, because we have these scenes, and we don't need people to be together. So it's like we specifically wrote each scene for this 30-minute script where people are not together. They're nowhere near each other, but the way it can be put together, and I was speaking to my Green screen. And he was like, yeah. He said, oh, yeah, we can do that. Oh, yeah, we can do that. I can do yeah. animation. I can have your jumping in the air and everything yep. like that. And, and nowhere near each other. We're not, we're not even six feet apart because we're just individually filming. So I was going to ask, as a filmmaker, how do, how do you guys, do you have to, like, rewrite your script? Do you have to, like, rethink your storyline in order to be able to film individual scenes? I mean, how do you guys, like, uh, handle that? Yeah, that would be that will come from. No, I'm sorry, William. That I said that will come from the writing. I think that will be that affects the writing. But I don't know if you all have watched the films. There was a film called Buried Alive, where the whole entire film took place with one guy, where he was buried underneath Mm -hmm. the ground with a cell phone. The entire Uh movie was displayed right there. One place. Yes. Yeah, that's it. One place. There was another scary movie. I forgot what it was called, but it was where everybody was online. And, and it never left. All you seen was them on, like, the Zoom calls, and then stuff was happening in the background, the lights would go out, and somebody disappeared. And it was a scary movie. 
from that point. These were older movies, but the formatting is what I'm saying. That's key, and that comes right. down to writing. So yes, they did. Was the writing one done with the with a phone booth like that? Uh huh. It, the, the whole one place thing location. took place in the phone booth. Yeah, and then on, from my perspective, I'm actually working on a 3D film as we speak. So it's no need to, with, with animation, whether it's cartoon or 2D cartoon or 3D, there's no need to have anybody together in the first place. So everybody's been working, doing their different projects from different areas of the country. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yep. and you know, we could But that green, green screen, though. <laughs> Yes, yes, lots of green screen. Yeah. And I have it in my basement yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but that writing, right. the writing is the thing that will be altered. And that's the thing, like when William was asking early on, the writing, you know what I'm saying? I think that that's probably a group that people don't really look at that I think will really change is the formatting and the writing of stuff. It's going to, it's going to change. It's going to change. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can remember, I, this was around the time when my son was a baby, uh, there was this big writer's strike in Hollywood or whatever. And I don't know if anybody noticed, but when after that happened, well, during that whole process, a lot of unscripted shows started coming out. You know, this uh, reality shows, reality shows took up. That's the moment. You already had Big Brother out there, so they had the template. And so after the writer strike, they were like, okay, we're just going to do this unscripted stuff. Y'all don't act right. We're going to do, we got to make our money. So they started doing more of those shows. Mm -hmm. So and, it's going to be a big, it's going to be a, go ahead. They are less expensive too to produce because you, you don't have the, the normal um, studio structure in order to, to make, you know, like a, mo a, a movie. You just you just put a whole lot of uh, uh, what do they call them exhibitionists in front of a camera, give them some <laughs> phony circumstances, and let them you know act a fool. I think oh, that I was, heard that, that was, uh, yeah I think that's I think that's a script yeah that, 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 that they actually wake them they don't let them <laughs> sleep right you know they they let them get like two hours of sleep they wake them up in the middle you we think it's the day they wake them up in the middle of the night so they're really off kilter to make it more realistic I was like wow that's crazy well hello yeah Lonnie oh, yeah. you're in the industry can you weigh in on that. Is Lonnie still there? Yeah, he's here. Oh. He might be getting a drink of water. <laughs> it, it, but, okay, but, but, you know, you're, you're right. But but doing that, I mean, what they're relying on, it, you know, what it is is uh, one person, you know who really started the showing people acting a fool kind of thing, had all of those shows like that. Uh, first was the game shows. And that was Chuck Barris. Chuck Barris did about 19 different shows. And all uh, they did was they exploited the, <laughs> the, <laughs> the stupidity of regular everyday people. And, and he was mm. the originator of, of what we consider reality TV today. Wow. Now I'm back. So just, I, I, just, I apologize, man. I was on mute. I'm talking oh, to you, you all. Can hear. I'm on mute. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I'm talking so, to you all like, man, nobody hears. But, you know, I, I, think, I think, you know, 
these these cheap shows that's they are cheap to produce and that's why they keep coming back and keep coming back and keep coming back mm-hmm. because like you know like we you know you all said before putting together you know in, talent in front of the camera writing the talent behind the camera multiple locations props what have you that that is an expensive endeavor and uh yeah you know, yeah. we're we're, yeah, we're not going to see that. Yeah, we're not going to see that for a while because there's no way to sustain that safely unless you do quarantine. You know, what two, three hundred people? That's nuts. Yeah. Plus, and plus like you that, said, that production. Oh, go ahead. No, William, you you were saying it. I mean, you were saying it is to a point to where I don't think people understand the magnitude of the film industry, man. You know, in terms of a um a a um a low budget. An ultra low budget, what that what that is, an ultra. Hear what I'm saying? An ultra low budget is considered five million dollars. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's an ultra low budget. That lets you know how big, how how, no matter what you do, like how much, how many people it takes, and what it takes. You know what I'm saying? Like like you were saying, William, um, the film industry for a lot has been the albatross because it moves slowly. It takes. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people, and not just from, you have three phases, the pre-production, the production, and the post-production. And people are like, well, we're shooting for about 30 days, and we're, we're straight. Yeah, but you know, in terms of you have the pre-production, you got the development, you got to write the script from that point, and then you got to get everybody hired and set up from that point on the same page. Then you go into production, and after that, you got to go into post-production. Then you go into marketing. By the time you finish all of that, you know, it's, almost, it's over a full year, and I'm talking about before the movie is released. That's a big product. So, you hit the nail on the head, man. That's the reason why you have those reality TV shows because the whole point of that is cut that the amount of people and the budget. To make it very simple, cut all of yeah. that. Still entertain yeah. people at a low budget. Just cut all of that, you know what I'm saying? And now with social media, with people, you know, being celebrities. You remember back in the days being a celebrity was having – I'm not saying people don't have talent, but it was more so you, you do music, uh, you play sports, um, things along that line. But nowadays you could be a celebrity by just being – talking about your everyday life in your bedroom. You know what I'm saying? And doing crazy jokes. Yeah. On YouTube, like yeah. Yeah, you, know, you, have, yeah, you can you, become you, a celebrity. Yeah. And, and you know, as, as a writer, you know, I think about, oh, what can I do to enhance my reputation, get more visibility and sell more books or whatever? And, and unless you do have multiple talents or you have a good gimmick, it's, it's not easy out there because since everybody has the same tools that you do, They've got a camera, they've got a laptop, they've got access to the Internet, you know, they, they can do whatever they want to do, um, you know, uh, up to uh, and almost including, you know, wild behavior. Well, I, you know, I, 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 I was going to say something, but I, I really, I, I don't even know what this for what this Pornhub is all about myself. Um, you know, and... and well, it, I'll be honest with you. That whole industry, that whole online online sex industry is hilarious to me. It's just hilarious because first online of all, yeah, well, like Pornhub <laughs> or those those cameras. Trust me, what? it's there. Just be glad you don't know about it, okay? <laughs> but but you got these, you got these people oh out there God. becoming stars because of this stuff. I don't get it, you know, because when I'm hungry, I don't log on and watch people eat. You know what I'm saying? Well, um, hey, do you so, know that there are people that do that too now? Yeah, oh, I'm yeah. about to say, yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they do all kinds of stuff. I don't get what it's called. <laughs> but but celebrity has taken on a whole different perspective. Like Lonnie said, it's not like you have what we would consider classical talents. You know, it's not like you're a Carlos exactly. Santana. You know, it's not like uh, you know whatever. It, it's you can go ahead and and become a celebrity merely by, like he said, getting a laptop and talking in your bedroom, talking in your living room, whatever, your yep. kitchen. Um, Jim Gaffigan, who is a, he's a comedian. He's pretty funny. He's the one who talks about Hot Pockets and going to McDonald's. I mean, he's, he, he, I like his stand-up. I've seen one of his shows live, and it's hysterical. Now he's doing YouTube videos at his house about making cookies or his kids or, you know, whatever, because, because he can't be on tour. He can't go anywhere where people are gathered. And I think, I think that's clever as hell because what he's done is he's taken a bad circumstance and he's exploited it in a way that, that gives him more attention, that, that helps him retain his celebrity as a comedian. He found an opportunity. Right. Absolutely. Yes. And there's a lot of yeah. the other celebrities yeah, as well yeah. that are doing the um, – you see, I know you probably all have heard, and I, I believe um, the uh, – what are they called? The versus? The versus battles? Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah, that's really – like, that is so huge. And then you have artists that are doing Zoom concerts. And the thing about it is this. Think about it. Is in terms of if I am an artist, a musical artist, why am I, why am I going to go out on the road – and go over overseas. Now you got this whole thing to where I'm scared to go overseas. That's a whole other conversation. I'm scared to go overseas right. because they may have this or that, and it's going to be restrictions. So I don't even want to go there. So I can just stay in my house, my mansion, however it is, and I can do a concert for y'all, my fan base, and I can make probably more money than traveling around here. That's a whole other lane. That's now cutting out totally the middle person in terms of the labels or other people that are – getting a cut of what you're getting, and now you're relying upon your audience. It's almost like crowdfunding from that perspective, literally, and you're tapping into your audience. That is the beauty, I can say. Definitely. Have you guys um, – so we have a cosplayer um, in my group. His name is Lawrence, and he also sings professionally. And they just did something because, as you know, Broadway is closed. And they just did something. They did this beautiful online concert, and – Everybody came up with their I own music. Yeah, and they raised mm. so much money, and they just divided the money amongst all the people that were participating. It went straight to their pockets. No middleman, no manager. Mm-hmm. There you no go. Loading, there you go. And, and that's mm-hmm. exactly, and that's so great. And we pushed it out there and said, everybody, come support, come support. It's the same thing like when my friend, she wants to do something where it's like a showcase. And I said, yes, we need to showcase. Those of you who have, you know, your new comic coming out or whatever like that, you have comics that you were going to sell, but the cons are closed. We need to showcase. People like myself that's working from home and still getting a paycheck, I have saved buku money from not going to bars. And I told money, all that money we saved from bars, Okay, you all know, and I said to everybody, you all know what you spend going to bars. I love going to bars and hanging out with the cosplayers. We save a lot of money. The bars are closed. What can we do with that money? After we pay our bills and we put away our savings and we give out 10% of that, that bar money, 
let's spend it on other artists. Let's buy their companies. Let's buy their products. There you go. Okay? That's awesome. Instead That's of awesome. buying a beer, there you go. a beer is like, what, 6 $7 in the bar? That's at least one or two comics, you know, and I said, let's do this. Right. So I would encourage, I would encourage the creators to start doing your own online con, and we want to see your product and show off what you got. And, I mean, you guys may have to, you know, go to the post office and stand in line to mail it to us, but we're willing to purchase it, you know, because I think that's the way to support our other artists. Man, I'm giving you a high five on phone High five through the phone. That's what I'm talking about. There it is. There it is. Talking about digital <laughs> Wakanda death. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, we were talking about getting uh, stamps.com so that we wouldn't have to wait in those lines. Just kind of you know do your thing and drop it in the box. So that's something we've been investigating. Uh, so that may be an mm-hmm. option for others to think about. Yeah, this is the time to explore all of the possible creative solutions to, to the myriad uh, problems that being, you know, essentially, you know, most creatives are almost like sole proprietor entrepreneurs. And, you know, the, the, the strategies that you come up with today are probably just going to be just as money-saving, uh, except for going to the bar and getting that beer, um, are just going to be just as money-saving <laughs> as, <laughs> as, as, you know, after this is over as the, it is now. And, you know, I, I, it's funny that you, you mentioned that um, uh, because when, when I, I just went out to get something to eat and I was checking my, uh, my credit card balance, and, and, and Darlene, you know, my, I have more money in all of my, on all of my credit cards now and I have had for a long and long time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and that's why because I'm not going out, I'm not spending it, you know, the 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 places that I order from that are within walking distance that I feel safe walk, you know, a block or two. They're they're all, you know, they're all there. They're, you know, I think all but one or two are open and and the other thing is I don't spend as much because I'm not going out with people. You know, when you go out with people, every now and then you, you go, okay, it's my turn to pick up the check. And so, boom, there's like 150 bucks or whatever, and that's just not happening either. So it, 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 it is an opportunity, darling. You're, you're yeah. absolutely right. Mm-hmm. What did that you is, say? That I, is, think, that, but, I think I said about – Three hundred a month on gas alone. Yeah, yeah. Now I can feel I can feel Jarvis on that one, and that's that's a good point, Jarvis. Um, and that's something you know what I'm saying that um, Marie that you were saying, and what I think that's really dope, man. Is and it goes back to the point of mentality, man. We don't realize what we do and what we spend our money on. That's a mentality. That's a habit from that point. But when we when everything stops and we're able to look at it from a financial management, and then also from a point of saying, hold on, wait a minute. Let me, let me put this money to the side for this point, financial management. Now in terms of from an aspect of community collaboration, all right, let's support over here. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because now this is what is more – when you look at it side by side, I can support my community or I can go get me something to, something to drink. <laughs> and I'm not talking about water. I'm talking about I can go get me a social drink from that perspective and, and, and you know, consistently do that and hang out with people 
opposed to a point of being able to supporting people. And I'm not saying you give that up totally, but you look at the balance. That's something right. we don't do, and I think this is probably the opportunity that we can take time to look at that and make that adjustment. That is dope. Right. Well, I, yeah, I, I, talking I, about, I am so excited to hear that from, from you guys both. From Darlene bringing that up, giving her personal uh, account and, and you as well on it, that I encourage people to like, okay, stop the talk about just saying let's support black business. You hear that all up and yes. down. Well, a lot of times what people say support my business and they don't um, yeah. actually go out and support others. I, I challenge people, like, I even go to a gas station that I know is owned by a black guy, a black family. And so yep. I encourage you, don't just talk about it, be about it. Like you were saying, the little money that you put somebody spending on a, 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 a coffee at, uh, what is it, Starbucks, that's a comic book right there. I stopped yep. buying, yep. yeah, I stopped buying, uh, I stopped going to Starbucks because uh, I can cook, make my coffee here at the house. And so that's why I make my own Starbucks here with everything I want to put in it. But I say that to say, uh, let's really get out here and support black business and not just say it. But I, I'm, I'm glad to see people actually doing it because the little money that we throw away on frivolous stuff, we could be supporting people that are out here uh, actually putting their heart and soul in the stuff that we say we want to get. Yeah, exactly. And I miss, I miss buying comic books. I really miss buying comic books. So I hope you guys do put something together. And I will definitely push it through my group and sit there with my my little credit card or whatever, PayPal or whatever. <laughs> and I, I would love to get some comic books in the mail. Oh, my God. It would make me so happy. So you guys got to oh do that. got to put that together. I'm ready to purchase. <laughs> now, we know, you know, we do have a Genesis magazine, correct? I We got Genesis magazine. It's we have it in print and in digital. If you want it tonight, you can log in and buy it, download it, read it. It's full of stories. It has artwork in there, interviews from people in the industry that have done their thing. So that there's an opportunity right there. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> And, and there and there was nothing shameless about that plug. Mm, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not a damn thing. Not a damn thing. You know, one of the things that I worry about, and I hope everybody really takes care, unless you're one of the crazy people, is okay. as it gets hot, well, no, as it gets warmer, you know, across the country, it's going to get more dangerous out there. Okay, that's, uh, you know, I don't think that that's any real prescient um, prediction. But, you know, people are already doing really stupid things like, like getting upset and shooting people who tell them to go put a mask on before they come in the store. You know, you have okay. stuff like that going on, and mm, it, 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 it's only going to get worse. You know, people are not going to have the distractions that they have. They're not going to be going to work. They can't go to a bar, have a few drinks, and blow off steam. Um, you know, it may be harder to find your weed, man, if you're in a state where you can't have recreational <laughs> marijuana. Well, I, I'm just, 
I'm just being honest. You know, I'm just being honest. And and so all of that all of that stresses the fabric of our daily existence because there's a whole lot of people out there who are not very well adjusted. We see that domestic violence calls are much, much higher. We see child abuse is much, much higher just since, you know, January. And so you know, th- that's the other thing to think about. You know, not only do you have to watch out for yourself and, you know, put your mask on and do the things that you have to do, but but there's that component of other people out there who are bad behaviors, who are risky individuals to run into. And and mm-hmm. you know, let's let's say let's say you're a creative who needs to get supplies. Okay, so you got to leave the house. You know, you have to go and 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 feed your your creativity with whatever you need. If you're a sculptor or or a an, uh, a painter, um, so you know th- th- there's more than just the physicality of you know what what we're going to be facing. You know, and yes, you know, being beat up or shot or whatever is a physical thing, but but there's the emotional and mental aspect where how is it going to be affecting you? How are you going to feel when, let's say, your air conditioner goes out and it's 100 degrees out there? You know, think about all of the folks in Atlanta. Man, I, I've, never, I've never had five days, a hotter five days in my existence than when I was down there for Dragon Con. Um, you know, so, so, you know, not not everybody weathers that sort of thing well, and, and, and that was so, lightweight. yeah, and and here's the other thing, you know, do you do you as a person, and and I'm speaking editorially, know yourself well enough to be able to make mental adjustments to to have you know maybe the mechanisms to blow off some steam, you know, to work off stress. You know, some people exercise to work off stress and things like that. Well, if you don't do that, then then you don't have that mechanism. If you just get out of the house and walk around and talk to people or go get a drink, whatever, whatever, that's not available to you. So, you know, will you have the mental wherewithal to realize that you need some kind of help and get it? You know, that's the, that's another big component that I do worry about about this, uh, you know, this 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 whole different kind of behavior that we have to engage in. The people who are not well adjusted, and there's a bunch of them out there, are, are probably not going to weather this as well. And and so there, there's risk to just living. In in most ways, we know how to manage that risk, but the rules that we follow, the 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 caution that we pay, we we paid, you know, the things that we looked out for in uh, in last September are are out the window compared to what we're going to have to do this September. So hopefully everybody's thinking in terms of, well, how can I manage my risk well and still manage to lead a productive life and a safe life and a healthy life? Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's that's work out. Yeah. Yeah, I, I run four miles a day, man. Sorry. Yeah, I run. Know, back and, back when I and, uh, back when I had yeah. a car, you know, back when I had a car, I'd get up, drive two miles, then come home and have breakfast and go on with my day. I can't do that now. I don't have a car. Um, no, I'm just kidding. I was just kidding. I was making life. <laughs> you but, steal your car? 
No, no, I, I was I was almost killed in an accident a couple years ago. Um, but you know that's yeah. just me. I know you. But, I know you got a new car. That's what I was like. Did you say? Oh no, no, no. I I'm saving my money because you know what? Here in Chicago, we've got good public transportation. Although, oh, that was weird. I was at that same bus stop that I got on, well, my usual bus stop, and um, I had not been on the bus for, for about a month, and I got on, and, you know, the bus driver could see that, you know, I've got a bad hip, and, you know, he lowered the front of the bus, and he let me get on, but then when I got on, that was cool. no, nobody's supposed to get on the front of the bus. You're supposed to get on the rear of the bus, and they were thinking about putting the little things that you swipe your card over to for your fare on the back mm-hmm. doors because you're not supposed to come in the front doors. They have like a metal, you know, like a metal bike thing that you secure your bike with. You know, it's metal and it's got, uh, it's a metal mm-hmm. cable mm-hmm. with plastic around. And they had those up and I had to go under that to get into the bus from where the driver was. So even that's different. You know, they're not even taking fares on the buses here in Chicago, they're just keeping track of how many people they, that get on. The guy just has a little ticker thing, and he, he clicks mm-hmm. and tells how many people got on the back door. But even that's different. They do different. that in New York. Yeah, they do yeah. that in New York. Yeah, they do that here too. That's cool. Yeah, yeah and then I when you get on the, the bus, bus, people people automatically sit at a distance from each other. You know, if, if you see a gap in some people, that's where you go sit. You know, people are very good about it. But when it gets hotter, what about if you get on one of those buses where the air conditioning's not working and it's like 120 oh. in the bus? You know, nobody wants to deal with that. And some people Uber. crack from that, you know. I hate to be, I hate, I no, well, Uber... Uber is different everywhere, and different drivers are dealing with it differently. You know, mm-hmm. like if I was going to do Uber, I'd have that taxi cab plexiglass between me and the back seat. You know, because mm-hmm. I I don't, I don't want to put myself at risk. But you know, this is a whole different thing. As a creative, yeah, yeah, I write. But then, on the other hand, the moment I get up out of my chair and I have to go do something, go shopping, go pick up a prescription, go go, you know, get, you know, some essential snack that I have to have in order to write, that means leaving the house and then I have to put in, put myself in a completely different mindset in order to do what I normally just would do, you know, just automatically. Like here in Chicago, yeah, you just have our to mayor... Put yourself in a higher, uh, a higher awareness. awareness. You have to bring yeah. your own awareness yeah. up before you leave the house. Yeah, here in Chicago, they close the liquor stores at 9 p.m. Well, there's a whole lot of people who drink after 9 p.m. My liquor store around the corner is where I get my snacks. So you know, hey, now I, I got to watch the clock. that's an opportunity for you, Will. Liquor stores are essential. You know, I'm I'm sitting here shaking my head because you know, over two years I lost 80 pounds and I still get this. You know, I was thinking about going out to the beach where it was clear. You know, people, when they do go to the beach, they maintain distance. But like the last time I did that, I went out there, you know, enjoying the sun, just reading a book, and then some Greenpeace asshole came and tried to roll my ass in the water, screaming, save him, save him. So it's not Mm, nice out mm, there. mm. (laughs) Mm, mm. Anyway. No, no. 
Now, Jarvis, have you given any more thought to like a Black Science Fiction Society convention online? Look, yes, and uh, I actually plotted a bunch of uh, notes on how to make it both functional um, un and unique and, and profitable. Because you remember, uh, Black Science Fiction Society is a, a nonprofit. So whatever we do has to generate money to keep the thing going each year. And the, the amount of income that we've had uh, because of the COVID has been slashed to almost nothing so everything that we do has to uh has to make money to keep the keep the machine going we have to keep paying for the gas to keep it going but yes i have wrote about a page of notes and investigated different platforms to make it to make it unique and not yeah, just yeah. okay we're going to throw some stuff up and everybody have the prices right uh boxes up and then that's a con. No, we want to make sure that it's something unique and different and fun for everybody. That's great. And, and of course, Jarvis will keep everybody posted on that um, mm -hmm. because, you know, obviously not only is it kind of important to attend, but it should be a lot of fun. Um, and, and I think that that we, we could all use some fun these days. I mean, yeah, man, you got to make it fun. That's make it worth worthwhile. Yeah. We, we were doing trivia um, when I do my 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 screenings. Uh, we would do trivia at the end, and I would give people like a, a a quick few seconds to come in with the right answer, make sure no one's using a cell phone. And, uh, <laughs> and, and you know, Google warriors. I do the countdown, and so you, it's not enough time for you to look it up on your cell phone. I make sure of that. Um, but people enjoy doing the trivia and getting the prize in in the mail. I didn't mind you know, going out and, and dropping their gift card. Because I had all these gift cards. Because so, we do a lot of live, you know, events. So I had these gift mm -hmm. cards for when we was going to mm -hmm. do live events before the pandemic. And I'm like, I'm sitting here with all these gift cards. What am I going to do? Okay, let's do online trivia. So I actually enjoy getting out the house and walking to the mailbox and, and putting people's, you know, gift cards in for their trivia <laughs> prize. And then they, and then they call me, they um, hit me on Facebook, oh, I got in the mail, thank you. I'm going to order something now. And it's just, it made me feel good because it's like I feel so bad that I can't, you know, do my face-to-face my -face events and everything. So, um, and, and this is the new norm, like you were saying. So doing the type of convention that you want to do online and everything is what's needed. I mean, I'm, I had to really fight with myself to avoid, because I've battled depression before. So it, I had to really fight with myself at one point at the start of this. Um, it was getting a little depressed because I, I wasn't able to, to get with my people and do stuff. And I said, okay, I got to switch gears. And like you said, take self-inventory, calm down, switch gears, and see what I can do. So once I started doing the Zoom events and, that, and integrating, interacting like that, it just really started making me feel better. And, you know, someone like me who I've worked two jobs pretty much most of my life to get where I am, and quite frankly, having this time off has been good. It, it, I have to admit, so good being lazy. I can get out the bed. I can eat, I can go back to bed, I can get up, I can do the Facebook, I can phone call, go back to bed again, get up again. I'm sorry, it felt good. You know, I, that, that moment of laziness. Sometimes <laughs> you need to be lazy. Lazy is good. You know, lazy is underrated. Lazy gets a bad name. But lazy can be good for those of us who are constantly busy and doing things. Okay. It's be lazy. You can think about yeah. things. You can plan. You can fantasize. You can write down your goals, you know, for the rest of the year and for next year. 
and it gives you time to think and meditate and do self-inventory, get back into your, like the other, you had one in June that mentioned about spirituality, get back into that, get back into things that you need to do to keep yourself motivated and encouraged mentally and psychologically. Call up some people and doing the doing yeah. online events. Yes. I've been meeting people from other states and countries. It's like, oh, my God. <laughs> You're on my Zoom and you're in England. Damn, that is awesome. I had someone from Australia, the down under. So quite frankly, we have now another thing that we're going to add. Once we get back to the norm, we're still going to continue to do these Zoom screenings because this is the way we can connect to people from other countries and states. How cool Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, uh, you, hit, you hit the nail on the head. Uh, because you you had time to relax. I, not, I stated this before to relax, reflect, and regroup. And some of these things we wouldn't have thought of unless this had happened. And so yeah. we just still be on the little treadmill, treadmill, the little uh, running, and not seeing these other things around us to to partake in. And personally, I had the opportunity to get magazine number eleven out. Started on magazine twelve. Starting on Anthology 3, I'd have had a chance to read books, listen to books. One of the best books I, I, that I've read, it has nothing to do with science fiction, but it's one of the best books I've read in at least 10 years, was Michelle Obama's book. It was all, they just made a, a documentary of it, but that book is so awesome. And I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have read that book if this hadn't happened. I'd have still been running, doing all the stuff that I normally do. But it gave me a chance to sit down and, and just, okay, try something different. I got all this extra time. Oh, I'll, I'll read a book now. And I think I've read three or four books in the last two months, which I, I normally would have just read one, maybe one book a year. Um, I also had an opportunity to uh, do some more research uh, on my degree because I have about eight months to finish this. <laughs> and so it's giving me time to relax because even though I'm still working, the time it takes me, it would normally take me to get to get dressed, get to work, get back home. That's an extra three hours a day for me that I'm taking advantage yeah. of. Um, yep. And so, and also, uh, as we speak in the background, we're working on uh, Earth Squadron, which is a 3D film uh, project that uh, both I and William are, are working on. William, I had the original short story in... Uh, anthology book one, and then I like Will. I need your help because you're you're this pro prolific writer. Let's see. <laughs> so I gave William the story. William took that short story and fleshed it all the way out to an eighty-page script. And so we moved that from uh, from from story short story to full script to um, storyboards to dozens of scenes, dozens of characters and, and i'm really excited about it and then even outside of the creative world i think darlene touched on this um had an opportunity to just touch base with some people uh that you hadn't heard from in a long time you picked up some and picked up the phone and called me and i picked up the phone and called some of them so like i said i always encourage people to try to look at the the positive and try to find the lessons and the things to be learned in every situation Yes. Man, that's okay. I'm off my soapbox. <laughs> no, that was the gospel right there. I mean, that was that was the gospel, and I, that's something I I will say this man in terms of for me, it really helped 
Um, William, I'm like you, man. Early on this year, I got very sick, man. I was almost about a year, too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, in February. Yeah, they call it the flu. You know what I'm saying? They call it the flu. I was in the hospital for a week as well, too. You know what I'm saying? At man. that point, man, I was so dehydrated. They couldn't even put an IV in my arm. You know what I'm saying? And the lady, wow. the nurse was telling me, she said, you know, if you would have taken, after 24 hours, your organs are going to start shutting down. And I'm like, huh? She's like, that's, yeah. Yeah, that's crazy, man. That's and, and, and you never know because something like that can come out of the blue and then all of a mm-hmm. sudden everything changes because your life is now at risk in a way that you never expected to see. You know, I, I never expected to be walking down the street and then not to be able to breathe. And, and so it, 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 it changed things. It made me look at things differently. Um, I'll, I'll tell you, and, and even made, has made me a little, more, um, a little more paranoid because, you know, I'll be sitting quietly, like, at the keyboard or something, and then, and then I'll, I'll take a deep breath just to make sure I can get all that air inside me. You know, I know it sounds silly, but, but it, it, you know, that's a big change, man. You know, um, Al asked, uh, it made me more humble. Uh, I don't know. I don't know yeah. about that. But, you know, that, but that's another thing. I, I thought about all of the things that I take for granted. You know, you, you, take, you take being able to breathe for granted, or you take, you take being hydrated for granted, you know. And, and, and you take uh, being able to, you know, your kidneys working uh, for granted. You know, like when, when yes. I get the flu, one of the things that helps me get through it, and I haven't, I've been so lucky, knock wood, I haven't had the flu this century. But when I have the flu, you know, or something like that, one of the things that, that helps me deal with it is I always say to myself, well, this will pass. And after you've been out of it for about a week, you're going to forget you ever were in it. But, but, you know, that's, that's kind of, you know, I don't know if that's a sloppy way of thinking because I think it takes too much about life for granted. Um, if, let's say all of a sudden my block became a cluster for COVID-19 and, you know, 30, 40 people on my block got it. I'd be wondering why here and how the hell did that happen? You know, you, you, can't, you can't take it all for granted anymore. We usually have a block party, you know, in July. Mm. We're not going to have one this yeah. year. You yeah, know, uh, uh, now is when people are breaking out their barbecue grills, but nobody, you know, even my, my friends right across the, uh, the walkway here, you know, you don't, you don't see them grilling out every weekend the way they normally would. So, you know, the social interaction part, especially if you live alone, might be a little hard to deal with. So, you know, when I was talking about mental health earlier, I, I really want people, you know, if you're having any kind of difficulties whatsoever coping, you know, talk to somebody. Don't sit there and suffer in silence because, first of all, you know, your best friend who you would normally talk to but you don't want to because you think you're a downer, they could be going through the same thing too. You know, you can't just assume that it's just you because a lot of people are affected by this. I don't like not being able to go visit people, even people in my same building. I'm hesitant about seeing because I don't know where they've been. I don't know who they visited. I don't know who they've been in contact with. And the other scary part about this particular virus is you could have it and show no symptoms. 
you know? Right. So, yeah. So, yeah. so if they're being screened going into Costco, you know, and they, they hit them with that, uh, that no-touch uh, thermometer, and, you know, in Costco, you can't go in there unless you've got a mask. And they got people at the door. They won't let you in. And then if somebody looks a little off, you know, they check their temperature. Well, what if it's somebody who has it, who's communicable, but has no symptoms? They're just a carrier. So it, well, that's yeah. how they wear the mask, yeah. Yeah, things are just different. Mask, yeah. I felt good. I got a lady kicked out of Costco because she went in there, and then when she, once she started shopping, she took her mask off and put it in her pocket. And I just nudged what? somebody... I nudged somebody who worked there, and I just pointed, and they hustled her ass out of the store. Normally, I would feel bad, but, but you know contrary. what? Well, yeah, and, and the thing is, is Costco is trying to maintain as safe an environment, any store, not just Costco, but any store that in, insists on you wearing a mask is trying to maintain at least the minimum safety for all of its people. And then if you're one of these people who thinks, well, not me, I'm not wearing a mask, but I'm going to go get me my pistachios or whatever you're going to get. You're, you're, <laughs> you know, what, what kind of selfishness is that? You know, what, what, is, what does that say about you? And what does it say about our culture when about a third of the people in this country have that attitude? Not too cool. Not too cool. And, and everybody has to be, like I said before, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a, a, a single, you know, artist doing all of your own work, your business stuff, your creative stuff and everything, you know, you have to be careful because you are your only, or let's put it this way, you are your most important asset. You are your most important, you know, corporate value, and you can't afford to take chances. I don't, I don't want to see anybody you know, sneaked up on just because some ass in, in Costco, she didn't want to wear her mask. You know, that's ridiculous. You know, what if I'd come around the corner and we had bumped carts or something like that and she got startled or she sneezed on me or whatever? You know, I can't just shoot her. You know, that we're not yeah. at that point yet. <laughs> but, but, but it is a matter of self-defense. Look at these people who are spitting on other people. No, and, and that's yeah. thing. We'll get you. We'll get you. We'll get you killed because now is not the time. A lot of people are not keeping up with the signs, so they're just not believing it. And I have made it a point of. I was very adamant in the beginning, watching the briefings and all of the news reports and everything. And people really need to listen to some of these testimonies. They had a choir before the pandemic started. Oh yeah, yeah. They just met for rehearsal. There was nobody sick, and they were just singing. And then one after the rehearsal, somebody got sick, and then somebody else got sick, and they tested. And, like, I think it was a 45-member choir and, like, 39 tested positive for COVID. And they were just singing. Mm-hmm. They were just singing. People don't understand the insidiousness of this disease. They try to compare it to other diseases. It's not like any other disease. And they don't want to accept it. And, you know, there's a lot that should have been done in the beginning. Yes, we should have shut down the airports. Yes, we should have been screening people. Yes, we should have been, you know, zeroing in on things. But the president kept saying it was the ploy of the Democrats. And, you know, and, and it's nothing to worry about. And so it, it, people, it just caught people because people weren't prepared. And there's still a lot of people who refuse to believe the science and they refuse to believe that it's that serious. 
I'm very concerned about the fact that they're saying about black and brown people being disproportionately, you know, sickened by this, you know, and uh, and all the statistics in, in Brooklyn, the mm-hmm. highest community that has uh, COVID, you know, for black and brown communities is Brownsville followed by some other communities, and they want to know why. Well, one is we're your essential workers, okay? I'm not myself, but they're, most of the people here are what would be the essential workers. So they're out there every day. Even before they started saying to wear masks, they were out there in this stuff before they realized that you needed to wear masks. Because remember before they said, mm-hmm. unless you're sick, you don't have to wear a mask. So our people were out there working, breathing this stuff in, and by the time they realized how this virus works, they say, oh, God, no, put on the mask. People are already sick. My job, we lost 70 mm-hmm. people in three months. Seventy people in three months, healthy people. You're not going to tell me that there's nothing to be concerned about. I don't. These conspiracy theories. I had somebody the other day. Oh my God, you don't know. I had to pray to Jesus. I didn't. I, I had to pray so hard. I had to knock this man out because he's all in my face talking about. God, I don't know why people wear masks. And then, you know, they just lying about this. And you don't know if it's COVID or not. You don't know if the doctor can tell you anything. And I, and I'm like, oh my God, can I not not hit this person? Jesus, help me. Because how do you just say this? How do you say this to people? Well, okay. Black, I, I, black. Do, I do have... And you're saying this. Go ahead. Yeah, I do have, I do have one you serious have thing that I do up. want to mention. Um, the president has said that, that churches are essential businesses, okay? But... I will tell you at the base, the, 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 the basis for him saying that is to kill as many black and brown people as possible. All right? Now, folks are going to tell me, oh, that's just you being, you know, contrary-minded or conspiracy-minded. But who, who has been the highest percentage of religious-related deaths, and that has been the black church, okay, in, in this country. And, you know, that was a very, very cynical thing for him to say, and, and I despair of the fact that pastors are going to seize upon this, you know, like Lonnie said, maybe for a financial reason or whatever, maybe not necessarily for community, but for, for other reasons, you know, maybe to pay, pay the, the note on the land or the building or whatever. Whatever it is, you are going to see more of us flocking to church because it's a very important facet of our community. And what that means is there's going to be more and more black churchgoers, pastors, what have you, deacons, who are going to catch this thing, and not all of them are going to live. And it it makes me angry in a way that that makes me actually fantasize about doing evil things to evil people. Um, because that, that, that's, well, no, I'm just being honest with you. You know, okay, if, if, you, if you knew the angel of death was walking through your community you know, every Saturday afternoon when people are, are shopping or every Sunday when people are going to the church and you knew the angel of death was doing that, wouldn't you want to do something about this thing walking through your community and 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 that's the thing you know people have resigned themselves to hoping that you know enough of us go out in uh, in november that we can change this um but but you know what 
people are not taking responsibility for their own actions. People are not, are not using good sense. And I will say this about the faith-based community. Okay, faith is fine, but science has been kicking our ass for the past three months. Okay, you have these people who open their churches and say God is going to protect us, and then they wind up dead two weeks later. Obviously, science is trumping faith. So, it, no, I, 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 have to, I have to. I have to interfere. I'm sorry. As a person of faith, I've got to. I've got to respond to that. Science is not trumping faith. What is happening is there's faith and there's foolishness. God has given there science to man. God has given well, that wisdom to man for a reason. And God also states in His Word, when you act foolishly, you're going to reap what you sow. Okay, so the, the problem is that there is no battle between faith and science because God has given man wisdom in science in all things, and that's for a reason. That is to help us to understand how to fight these demonic minions that are out here, in, in this case the form of coronavirus, and it is our job to listen to the science that God has given humankind to protect us. Now, my pastor has preached about this. And he doesn't care what that orange man says. He is not opening the church until there's a treatment or a vaccine. And he has, has already, you know, trained us how we are to be as believers. Yes, the bill needs to be paid, and the bills are being paid because we are trained to believe we are the church. We don't need a building, but we know the rent has to be paid. And so we are giving. He already said that more donations are coming in more now than when we gather through his online, you know, services and stuff like that. People enjoy yeah, having to on, get up. Yeah, his online ministry, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Okay, I'm back. That people, people need to understand that any gathering, any, and there's a lot of, like, over here in Brooklyn, the Jewish people are, like, falling down the Hasidic communities where they're gathered. They don't listen to anybody. They're coming out on the street in the hundreds, having their, you know, funerals and their, and their weddings and stuff, and they have a high rate of, Death from coronavirus. People don't understand. It's gatherings, period. And any black pastor that listens to that fool in office and opens up their church, they they are responsible for their sheep getting sick, and they're gonna they're gonna face that on Judgment Day. They are responsible for their sheep getting sick. They're supposed to listen, okay, to what is reasonable and what is logical. And that's what faith Faith is we believe that if we listen to what is reasonable and what is logical and what is the science, we believe God to keep us safe. It doesn't mean because I believe in God, I'm going to go out here and test him and go against the science and go against the very logic. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's all very fine and good, and that's you. And and that's you. No, 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 no. That's you. But you know what? But that's just you. You cannot, you can't, look, just by watching the news, I know that there's a whole lot more people, and I'm doing the air quotes, and I hate doing the air quotes because I have to announce it when you can't see me, but there are more people out there who, who, um, uh, who are relying on faith to keep them safe, okay? So they don't all think about it like you do, okay? And we can't, we can't, I mean, that's the biggest mistake that I make in my life. I mean, I make a lot of mistakes. Well, okay, I make some mistakes. But the biggest one I make is always <laughs> assuming in the back of my head that everybody thinks like me. And, it, and it's not, it, it, it's just not so. And, Okay, and I would hope that you don't. 
I'm not saying no, everybody. I'm saying the majority I, of churches are closed all across the right. country. The majority right. of churches are closed. So You're right. Stop. Have Wait a minute. Oh, my God. You know, this is my show, not your show. <laughs> Look, I was, I was saying, wait, wait a minute. Let me, let me finish. Let me finish what I was saying. Let me finish what I was saying. Look, I'll mute your ass. I will mute your ass. But, but the fact, of, but the fact of the matter is, the fact of the matter is, the if fact of the matter, we can we can disagree without being. Do you remember? Wait, wait, wait! You guys are taking you are taking me wrong. Listen to what I'm saying instead of talking over me. If your faith is so shallow that you cannot listen to somebody else, that's a problem. But but here's the deal. I was that's saying. That, let me finish. Uh, you know what? I don't that's have to listen. To but here's the deal. There are a whole lot of people who are going to believe this, this obnoxious little porch monkey in the White House when he says that churches are essential businesses and they will gather. And I'm hoping that that, that just doesn't happen. I'm hoping there are more people like you who have that kind of sense or like your pastor who he's probably converted everything to online, right? Because you were mentioning you know, tithing and things like that. Do you do you guys have services online on Sunday? All our, yes, all our services and studies are online on Sundays and uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays. And we have the children okay. stuff through Zoom. Yeah. See, see that's, that's what people should maintain instead of listening to this guy who, you know, at, at best he's making a mistake. At worst, he is fostering a, a, a political genocide that I just can't go with. That was my point. Mm-hmm. So you can apologize to me later. But see, I'm not, no, I'm not saying, well, of course you won't. Um, but, but the fact of the matter is, you know, we're, we're getting bad information from a source that's supposed to be credible. You know, we, we have been conditioned through life that at least for the most part, the people who lead our country have our, eh, our best interests at heart most of the time. And this is definitely not so. And, and my, my fervent hope is that people don't fall into this, this trap and just do whatever he says. There's going to be about a third of the country that will, you know. And, and the, only, the only joy, no, not joy, but the only comfort I can take from that is that you know, a lot of those people will not be around in November to vote. You know, they're not going to be around. And um, I, I want to see, you know, we need a concerted effort. We need government to get involved. We need government to start listening to the scientists and healthcare professionals in order to, to formulate policy and, and to, to just blindly follow somebody just because he's got the job. It, it, you know, that's just not doing us very well. And, and nobody wants to see mass, mass you know, infections and, and deaths. And so that was my point. My point was it, it is my hope that this guy does not get, you know, that most people will ignore what he says, especially when he's talking about the church. Um, 
for, for most of us who are in business, it's tough because if you, if you don't have one of those jobs where you're able to continue working and continue getting a check, you know, unemployment is, is running out. Um, they're, they're manipulating how people get unemployment so that they can kick people off unemployment. And if you have a job that's available and you decide not to go because you are you don't feel safe going to your work and they cut you off from your unemployment and you have no income, you know, what, what kind of extortion is that? You know, it's just that we've reached a point where the people who are supposed to be leading this country are, are not, do not have our, always have our best interests at heart. Um, so let's see. We've got about 15 minutes left. Um, let's let's uh, start doing our summing up. Um, Lonnie, when do you see yourself seriously getting back into doing your, you know, your regular normal production work, or at least what will pass for the new normal? Uh, well, right now in terms of that's something I'm doing now. I think we kind of summed it up around the board <clears throat> because, you know, we operate in, in literary. Uh, right now we're working on novellas, you know, at this point of time. And also in terms of animation is, is, a, is an area that we've already went into and we're looking to expand within that realm. We're also looking at, um, like Marie was saying, we're looking at some, um, some innovative ways of shooting smaller digital content, you know what I'm saying, as okay. well. So these are some of the adjustments that we've made, as well as in terms of just making sure that our companies and our affiliations are structured appropriately. So to answer your question directly, William, we're already working on those things right now. We see the adjustments. We see what's going on, so we're like, okay, let's go ahead and make these adjustments and start moving forward. <clears throat> and I will say this, major companies are pulling back. They're going bankrupt. This is a time frame for the, the people that were in the back right. you know, or the people that are smaller and scalable to be sure. able to kind of move forward. So Okay. Well, that's good. I mean, it, you're keeping busy and you're keeping the flow going, which is very important because coming to a complete stop and then having to jump right back into it can off, often be pretty difficult. Very. That's a major company right there. Um, I think there's something I, I learned a lot just, you know, from my own history, but even with Jarvis, Jarvis, you know, has, has taught me a lot within that, man, which is being scalable, being able to make sure at this point in time when stuff happens, you can adjust just quickly. And one of my partners, we always say, man, let's um, fail fast, learn quick. Um, fail fast, learn quick. Yeah, yeah. So from that point, we're able to adjust and get to the move. Yeah, yeah. And, oh, you know what? I forgot to ask, Darlene. Do you prefer that or Maria? Marie. Uh, no, Darlene. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, Darlene, where can people find you online and find your people where you're doing the virtual, you know, uh, um, the, the photography, the, you know, maintaining, you know, the kind of cosplay that you guys do, but but moving it to an online presence. Do you have a web, uh, some websites? Uh, they can find us on Facebook, um, New York Cosplay Network. Uh, we have a public group on Facebook, and that's where we post our events and charity activities. Okay, so that's, and, that's, and you yeah, said that's where we get a lot of traffic. And and you guys are getting a pretty good. Um, pretty good revenue for the for the um, fundraising, right? Yes, we we were doing um, fundraising still for the charity because what we were doing uh, was helping out with 
school lunches and things like that in our local communities and still trying to engage. Like we used to get grants to do the workshops for the kids, but since we're, we can't get together, we still uh, do the Zoom tutoring and in the, in the Zoom workshops. But right now um, we're just trying to raise money to help out with lunches and, and school supplies and things they need for the summer to try to play in the park, you know, basketballs and things like that. So um, the the fundraising we do is in the form of the raffles and, and the uh-huh. giveaways. For, like, yeah, so that's that's one of the things that we're going to continue. Great. And then mm. how, is, how is the outreach to the kids? Is that working well? <clears throat> we have organized, yeah, it is because we work, we have different charity groups that we work with. We have different um, shelters that we work with and orphanages that we work with and local communities uh, group that we work with. And so our fundraising goes to specific groups. And uh, so, you know, they have had to contour how they do uh, outreach to the kids that they normally um, deal with. And uh, it's just basically they, they we have volunteers that will actually, once they get money, they they buy the stuff that has to be bought. Um, they're not shopping right now, but they're getting stuff online and just taking it directly uh, to the kids' houses and kind of like dropping it there and then leaving. Oh, that's good. And, yeah, exactly. So that's in the form of lunches. It's in the form of school supplies. Um, even though the kids are at home, they still need things for their projects and everything like that. And to make sure. it easy, a lot of the kids that we deal with, their moms and dads are essential workers. So they're, you know, they're working their tails off. So they don't have time to order things for them and everything for their little drawing projects and everything. So we go mm-hmm. through the process of getting the stuff, ordering the stuff online. I have a lot of stuff in my basement because I always buy a lot just for in case we do a quick workshop somewhere at the last minute. I have supplies. We don't want the kids' parents to have to buy anything. We bring everything. So that's the reason. Mm. Why no. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah, because, you know, you know, in a time like this, kids often get overlooked, you know, because mm-hmm. um, people don't see them as being on the front line. And Jarvis, um, what what's uh, what's next? I know Earth Squadron and some other stuff. What what are you concentrating on over like the next few weeks? Uh, you hit the nail on the head there. The next few weeks is um, is all Earth Squadron stuff in terms of doing creative work. Um, and let me throw in the the research and planning for the online con when we do that. Um, and that right there is keeping me busy, particularly the film, because there are lots of moving pieces when you're dealing with film, and even more so when you're dealing with animation, because you have with with 2D with with 3D animation, um, one person can one character has multiple layers. You have 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 to have it designed. You have to have it textured. You have to add the movement. You have to add the sound. And then you want to make it kind of believable because if it's jerky or something, then um, you got a bad product. And we we want to make sure that we have something really nice. Whereas with it was if it was a person, you could just say, hey, read this and walk over there, and then it's done. So right. it's it's a lot of moving pieces. To, to the film, but we got a, a nice team of about a dozen people um, doing different facets of it. 
And, and it's more than just a project. It's also a, a learning opportunity because, you know, yes, we know about animation. Yes, we know about filmmaking and things like that. But the tools change. The tools, you know, oh, yeah. more to, you know, as tools come out, they make it more and more, you know, um, access, accessible for people to do what used to take, you know, a profession to do. You know, way back when you had, you know, the, the first Disney animators, it was a whole different story compared to how it is now. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, and it's it's a good thing um, for content creators that you know that the tools are more accessible and they're they're more accessible because a lot of times they're cheaper now and and the other piece is that they're cheaper and better because the software that we're using which is iClone a few years ago if we came out came out with it a few years ago when we initially wanted to it would not be half as good a product as it would be as it's going to be now because the tools have improved and my skill level and the people that are working on the film skill skill level has improved well, but it's yeah here and, for and us are, that are creating yeah mm -hmm. and you guys are collaborating you know as as Lonnie pointed out you know doing the distance collaboration is not nearly as problematic as as it would have been you know even ten years ago so. Um, it, it's good to see this project watching. I'm having fun watching it from the side. And uh, I'm hoping that maybe by, you know, fall or the end of the year, we could see some samples of uh, scenes and, and movement and sound for the, the, the production. Um, we've got about mm -hmm. two minutes left. I want to thank everybody who, who was in the roundtable tonight. Um, it's, it's always good to get other people's perspectives and see how people are coping because you know it, it, this is pretty unprecedented I will say this though I've started boycotting um, every single product that's advertised on the radio where they use the phrase uh, in these uncertain times um, so uh, that's just a game you know for other people they would drink when they heard somebody say that I'm allergic to alcohol plus it's happening too much you probably pass out before you get too far. Um, I'm not sure, uh, have, have you got some people tentatively lined up for next week, Jarvis? Uh, yes and no. There's always somebody on the table, but I just got to let them know. <laughs> okay. All right. Very good. Well, well uh, Darlene and uh, Lonnie, thank you very much for being here. It, it was great talking to both of you. Seriously, I'm saying that seriously. Um, I hope that everything goes well. Um, for those of you who were looking to see some of the cosplay stuff, um, look for for them on Facebook. And what was the name of the group again, Darlene? Uh, New York Cosplayer Network. Okay, New York Cosplayer Network. And Lonnie, real quick, uh, we got about a minute. Um, is there is there any place people can go online to see some samples of your work? Yes, you can actually go to um, Facebook, Upari. Um, you can go to uh, Instagram, Upari underscore LLC, and you can also go to the website, Upiri World, U-P-Y-R-I-W-O-R-L-D dot com. All right, man. Thank you very much. Thank both of you for being here. Jarvis, thank, thank you. you as well, as always. Thank you. And um, everybody have a great weekend. 
be safe out there. Don't let anybody get you in trouble, and don't get in any trouble yourself because we can't afford to be losing folks. All right? So everybody have a great All weekend right. ahead, and hopefully um, I'll be back and maybe with Jarvis next weekend. So good night, everybody. Good night. Enjoy. All right. Appreciate you. Thanks, Thank you all. Have a good night. Have a good weekend. You too. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.